Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Having defined and discussed God's foreknowledge and predestination, we have moved on in Romans 8 verse 29 to talk about two additional phrases the text presents to us. These provide the twin purposes for which we Christians are foreknown and predestined. Let me highlight these, reading Romans chapter 8 verse 29. For those whom God foreknew, God also predestined, to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So we are foreknown and predestined to become conformed to the image of God's Son, and we are foreknown and predestined so that he, meaning Jesus Christ, will be the firstborn among many brethren. In order to understand what these purposes mean for us, last week we defined the words conformed and image. This week we will take up each phrase and look at them as a whole. And so let's begin with to become conformed to the image of God's Son. And we know that God's Son is Jesus Christ. For God to conform Christ's people to the image of Jesus means that God will complete the salvation of every person whom he has saved from sin. We have here the assurance of our salvation. Let's drop back to verse 1 of this 8th chapter of Romans and take a brisk walk through the chapter as I remind you of some key verses. In Romans 8 verse 1, there is a powerful promise made. I am reading Romans 8 verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We must pause for a moment here. Condemnation is a judicial word. It is the opposite of justification, and it means that people live in penal servitude to God. We live under God's penalty and punishment for our sin. God the judge has established that we are guilty. You likely do not hear much about this, but that is not because this is not biblical. It is very biblical to know that we are all under God's condemnation unless we believe by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus, who took on the condemnation, intended for us to himself on the cross. Then, for those who are in Christ Jesus, as the Apostle Paul so emphatically states, there is now no condemnation. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are no longer condemned. We are justified, all because of Christ, our Savior. Do you remember that burden of condemnation we used to live under? Paul says, now we have been liberated. We have been set free. Once we were guilty, now we are not guilty. God has set us free from the prison of the condemned. That is Romans 8, 1. And then we go down the page to verse 9, Romans 8, verse 9. We learn that the Holy Spirit lives in every Christian. You are in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
so that we who were condemned are no longer condemned, and the Holy Spirit of the living God comes and takes up residence in us. The Spirit is a sign and a seal that we are indeed saved, that we truly belong to God as one of His people. Romans 8, 9. Then follow along with me to Romans 8, verses 14 through 16. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, that is what we just said, the Holy Spirit lives within us. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Ah, these verses are very affirming as well. We Christians are the adopted sons and daughters of God. God is our Abba Father. We are the children of God. Adoption, a very important doctrine that we will come to later in our God Saves series. What is important to note today is the significance of salvation. This adopts us into the family of God. And since we are children, guess what else is true of us? More great news. We are heirs of God and fellow heirs with his son Jesus. Romans 8 verse 17. If children heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him, I really, really do not want to speed past this verse. There is an intense amount of glorious truth here. But let me just say this. God is the Father. Jesus is the Son, making him God's heir. God promises to give everything to Jesus as his inheritance. And because we are also children of God, God is our Father by adoption. Everything Jesus receives, we receive. God's inheritance is to be shared equally among all God's children. I think of Jesus' words about his disciples in John 17, verse 22. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them. This is stunning. When God saves us, he completes the ministry of salvation. He so thoroughly saves us that we become heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. I hesitate to leave this here, but we must. Come down with me to Romans 8, verses 26 and 27. Listen to this other gift we believers receive. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness— for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That's Romans eight twenty six and 27, and this assures us that the Spirit helps our weakness and intercedes. That is, He prays for us. Do you need someone to pray for you? I sure do. Take heart, sons and daughters of God. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
He intercedes using even groanings too deep for words. He prays for the saints according to the will of God. Half the time I do not know what I am doing in prayer or what to pray, but the Spirit who is God always knows the will of God. Then we come back to where we started, our text of Romans 8, verse 29, and we read that we are to become conformed to the image of his Son. That is, God continues to complete in us his work of salvation. He makes us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. And all of this, everything we have read in Romans 8, all of this is leading ultimately to our glorification in heaven. Romans 8, verse 30, And these whom God predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. And we will come to what it means to be glorified later, also in this series. I have read all of this to say that if you think your salvation begins and ends, With the moment of your conversion, that date and time when you actively invested your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, if you think that's it, that's salvation done, and you keep pointing back to that moment, every time you give a testimony, you go all the way back there and just repeat that story. If this, in your mind, is the be-all and end-all of God's saving grace for you, then, my friend, you do not understand all that salvation is. God has foreknown and predestined you for a purpose, and part of that purpose is to conform you to the image, the derived likeness of His Son, Jesus All that we have read highlights the many developments that happen for us, to us, and within us. Remember back to the Garden in Eden. Genesis 1 tells us that man and woman were made in the image of God. But then Adam and Eve sinned, and instantaneously that image became distorted by sin. Evil made a grave mark upon us. Ah, But Christ came to restore the image of God unto us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That is what Satan does. He blinds people to the glory of Christ because Christ is the image of God. The devil does not ever want us to see who we were supposed to look like. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15 declares, Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Christ brings to earth the exact image of the invisible God. God is invisible to us, but Jesus we see. So that with faith in Christ, this next verse will be true of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, 
just as from the Lord, the Spirit. We believers have the image of God restored to us. We are being transformed into the same image. More on this tomorrow, because God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others, and be sure and join me for the next one.